Hey, curious fuckers! We have some really exciting news.、Mm, yeah, boy, we have been nominated for a Webby Award. What? What? What the hell for the best health and wellness podcast? I mean, sex is. Wellness and health, so I guess it makes sense. But this is almost unbelievable for us because this is a huge deal, and they are worldwide. So, guys, we need your help. Yes, now it is up to you to determine who the winner is, and obviously, we want our Curious Fuckers Club to help us reach number one. So, all you have to do is go to the Webby Awards website, webbyawards.com, and vote for us there, or you can click the link in the description below.、Mm, you know, it's going to look so good if we're holding that award right next to our potatoes. Oh, yeah, it's so. Gonna feel real nice, real, real nice. Be our first. I'm gonna like, brush it against my face and like.、Mm. <laughs> well, actually, it's not our first. Well, we we got that 100k YouTube award, but this is、oh, different.、Yeah. This is for podcasts. So, guys, please help us out. Like, we we want you to share this if you can. If you know anyone who likes fucks given, please like ask them to vote. We can really do with your help right now because you are our curious fuckers, and like you're there for us. We would never have got this far without you. Yeah. The Curious Fuckers Club is like where, like, what made us get to this place today, and we wouldn't be anything without you guys.、Um, and also, if we win this, it's a win for you all as well as us. It, I mean, is it really? Yes, it's for you, um, but <laughs> but actually, just for us anyway. <laughs> uh, so yeah, please、um, do、uh, podcast producer Jack Proud and a、uh, special shout out for Winnie as well, who's been editing our podcasts. While we've been in quarantine, we、um, yeah, we love them. They are our family. Plus, obviously, the Studio Seventy One crew who helps us do this podcast. So, yeah, we literally have a week to get us voted in. It closes on the seventh of May. So, quickly, get your fingers pumping. Yeah, love you all, curious fuckers, and yeah, we'll see you at the top when we win this.、Shit. At the top, law like waving like to the peasants below. <laughs> <Hi> . <laughs> <laughs> Now I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Hilda from the Volva Gallery. Hello, curious fuckers. I'm Reed and I'm Florence, and together we're Come Curious. When we're not just fucking around on YouTube and Instagram, every Thursday we invite a new guest onto Fucks Given to talk about their best fucks, worst fucks, and the fucks that made them. We also answer your sex questions and read out your sex stories. So stay tuned as we divulge all the delicious details.、Mm. Welcome to our podcast, all the way from Amsterdam today. Yay! Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey Hilda, it's hey. so nice to have you on because we have been huge fans of the Volva Gallery for so long now. So long.、And、I think I've been following it on my Instagram for like five years or something crazy. Yeah, I think I'm close to four years with the Volva Gallery, so、yeah. that could be.、Uh, that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's amazing. Well, it, you've made such a huge storm with people and and the way they feel about their vulvas because all we ever saw was like that generic vulva picture and they all look the fucking same and then you look down at yours and you're like, wait, what? Mine doesn't look like that. So、right. thank you. You've I'm I'm pretty sure you've helped hundreds, if not thousands, hundreds of thousands of people with yeah. Their, yeah. liking their vulvas. 
yeah, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So could you tell our curious fuckers a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. So I'm Hilda. Hi. Um, I'm an <laughs> illustrator from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. And I've been working as an illustrator for, wow, it's, yeah, it's four years now. Um, and from the start, I've kind of been developing into having my work revolve around uh, diversity, inclusivity, sexuality. Um, and I'm running several projects. One is the Volva Gallery, which is uh, about vulva diversity and celebrating our amazing vulvas yeah. and uh, sexual health education related to the vulva. And just, you know, showing um, the diversity that's, of course, out there, but that we usually don't get to see. And yeah. Um, the other project I'm running is Your Welcome Club, and Your Welcome Club is about diversity in a more broad uh, sense. Like, where I wanted to talk about more topics with the Volvo Gallery is all about vulvas, but I wanted to talk about human diversity and mm. uh, sexuality and relationship dimensions and, yeah, just basically all good stuff. Um, so that's uh, that's Your Welcome Club. And I'm also making portraits. Well, so I, my work is quite diverse. Um, yeah. Well, that's what we've got to be these days. No longer can you just have one job. It's like, have to have multi-role responsibilities now. So true. <laughs> so true. <laughs> the pressure of life. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, I'm, made... I'm already happy that I'm only illustrating. That's, yeah. that's great. <laughs> yeah. What made you um, start like the Volva Gallery and the Your Welcome Club? Um, so I started the Volvo Gallery in 2016. Um, I was actually, before I uh, started illustrating, I was um, studying clinical psychology here at the University in Amsterdam. Ah, wow. So I was uh, about to become a psychologist and uh, I was following um, a course uh, of sexology or like sex, um, sexuality. I think. Yeah, sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. So I was following a sexuality course and then I was attending a lecture where I learned about the huge global increase in labiaplasty surgery. So mm, wow. more and more young girls are undergoing surgery on their, mostly it's their inner labia to make them smaller, to kind of live up to a certain beauty idea. Mm. And it struck me and I hadn't really thought about that until that moment and I thought like oh wow w why is this happening and mm. what can we do to prevent this because I'm all for choosing what to do with your body but when it's when it's your labia such an important part of your body related to sexual pleasure and sensitivity when you're altering that part just because you want it to look prettier or just because you're afraid someone else won't like the way you look there's something wrong with that mm. and then I start to dive into it and I realized there is not so much visual diversity out there yeah um, at, at that time there weren't many projects only the great wall of vagina by Jamie I don't know Ooh, yeah I don't I know, it's either. Either. Well, you know what I'm talking everyone about. knows the great wall of vagina looks <laughs> exactly. amazing yes and um yeah and then I thought you know what I'm just going to start an Instagram account and uh, draw a vulva a day, a post a vulva a day, and hopefully keep the plastic surgeon away. And, <laughs> yes! And just, you know, show the diversity uh, that's out there and normalize showing uh, mm. that body part in a non-sexualized manner and uh, also address, you know, uh, sexual health-related issues, uh, sex education, just talking openly about this topic. 
Amazing. Um, it, it's quite hard when it comes to labiaplasties because on one side of the things you... Like, I, I mean, I still don't really know how I feel about them because you're right. It's like I want to be all for people choosing what to do over their bodies. But it's whether or not where that want to change your labia has come from and whether mm. or not it's like a um, like how far does it go? Like with any kind of plastic surgery, is it is it something that has made them feel bad or are they doing it for somebody else or are they doing it because they've seen other really tight labias on porn and that's what they think the majority yeah. wants but then there's also the other side of things where is it a medical issue yeah. are they uncomfortable are they in, are they in pain are they mm-hmm. is, is it a struggle during sex it's that's a different so thing though isn't it that's if definitely it's, a different thing yeah mm-hmm. if it's if it's to do with pain then it's obvious that you would get it like removed like and that that is okay that's a very valid reason but then to change your body who's to say what you know like what if someone maybe might medically doesn't have like a large labia but they're saying that it causes them pain or discomfort or even mental pain where's the line between that you know oh, that's like how, a very how, good question how do we decide yeah it's so it's so complicated yeah actually that's true because with um i think is it vulvodynia or cases like that um remember grace hazel that was on our podcast was saying that when she was going to the doctors back and forth about her issues with that she did actually have parts of her labia removed and that's what the doctors had suggested for her and it never helped at all and she regrets doing it as well yeah, but I think like the reason the reason that people are wanting to do these things is that we were never taught about like what vulvas looked like. Mm-hmm. It was never a discussion. I think the mm-hmm. only vulvas I ever ever saw growing up were in porn. That they the, yeah. they were the only ones. I didn't see anyone else's vulvas. Or, I think or that's my mum's, but us. Yeah. like mm. you never really see a vulva in depth. You don't see like that open spread outlook like unless you're looking at porn like I only ever saw my mum's vagina when she was standing or when she was standing around naked Mm. and Mm. you you don't get to see all the kind of the actual bits that you do need to see Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also like you know even hearing this now like why would you want to see that of your mum and it shouldn't be like a weird thing it should be like all of us should be able to see our genitals in in like a graphic way and it not be weird or sexualized sexualized. yeah Yeah, exactly it it, it shouldn't have to be weird some people don't even ever look at their genitals yeah especially um people with a a vulva so many yeah so many stories have been shared with me in the gallery of people emailing me like oh so i just look for the first time at my to my vulva and i'm 35 years old and it's like I never dared to and I, mm. I was always so ashamed of it and I just thought it was ugly and I needed to hide it. And of course, everything mm. related to our vulvas is historically covered in shame. Yes, so it's not yeah. it's not a surprise that we're embarrassed about it because that's all we've learned. So it's mm. it's really it's kind of surprising when someone has never known shame uh, around their genitalia. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it also wanting to undergo surgery there are so many different reasons and all are valid the only thing that just angers me is that there seems to be you know we live in a society where where there's so many where there's so much pressure on young kids to look perfect and right now with you know the whole um i guess also it has to do with even 
the 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 trend of shaving your pubic hair so yeah, suddenly everything huge. is exposed mm-hmm, and then yeah. you can compare it to others when you see porn or like you don't get the education and like you start to think i need to look perfect mm. uh, in order to be attractive so and yeah i don't know physical suffering or mental suffering it's all valid reasons to undergo surgery mm. but i think that with good proper inclusive sexual health education we can mm. prevent that yeah, yeah definitely. definitely and isn't Oops, it crazy yeah. that like throughout growing up we saw penises everywhere everywhere yeah, people yeah. like they're in art throughout history penises penises yeah. on statues in in public penises well it's the only thing that we could draw in school like on our textbooks like <laughs> you try and draw a vagina or a vulva and you're like heather where the what line goes where like how do i even do this <laughs> But a penis, that was easy. I mean, yeah. it, it's not technically e- easy because I, I was going to say it's not technically enuses. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've got penises on my brain now. Um, I wanted to brain. ask, um, are you, have you been brought up in Amsterdam? Uh, no, I grew up in a village in the middle of the Netherlands. And mm. then I moved when I was 11 to the south with my mom and uh, um, my, well, my, my two moms, actually, my parents were divorced when I was little and then my mom uh, remarried to a woman and we moved there with our family and uh, yeah so I basically moved around I lived in Rotterdam and now in Amsterdam Mm -hmm. so I mean I I, we've heard that the sex ed in the Netherlands uh, out of all of the places around Europe is supposed to be the best can you vouch for that or is it like still not really that sure I don't know uh, about sex education in other countries. I haven't. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I cannot compare. And also, I know that in the Netherlands, it it it's very diverse. Some mm-hmm. schools are super uh, ahead of it and super inclusive and uh, very much into LGBTQ inclusive and trans inclusive sex education. And some schools are uh, religious and just avoid the topic. Or some schools are just they don't have the tools or they don't know how. So it, it's, it depends on where you go, I think. Yeah. I mean, when I grew up, my sex education was basic. Um, and yeah, I just got, you know, the condom around a, 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 a banana, sorry. Yeah, a condom yeah. around a banana and the, uh-huh. uh, just, you know, the biology and how things work, but not really talking about diversity or consent or uh that sex doesn't have to be penetration, penis and vagina sex or, you know, mm, stuff yeah, like that. We miss that as well. It's and the I same, think it's the same yeah. in the UK. It's so diverse. Mm-hmm. Like there are, I still can't believe that there are still schools that can refuse sex education, yeah. and the government allows that because of religious mm-hmm. reasons. And I think, like it, it blows my mind. It's like even if you are religious, you you still need to learn about this. This is super important. Yeah, most of us will have sex at some point, so it, you better make sure you do it safely. And yeah, yeah. and at least yeah, kind of like sure. understand it just a little bit. But I think, yeah, uh, if you compare it to 20 years ago, probably sex education is better now in the Netherlands. Oh, 100%. And if you compare it to other countries, I think we're we're doing all right. Yeah. 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 Fuck number one. The last fuck. All right. So my last fuck would have been with my partner, Sebastian, here. Uh, in quarantine. <laughs> oh, in quarantine. The quarantine, quarantine sex. Um, but I actually want to question the word fuck because I don't know. I, to me, the word fuck or like fucking in sex doesn't have, uh, doesn't really play a big role. 
And to me, sex and sexuality has to do a lot with unlearning. Yeah. I think like I, I, um, I'm brought up as a girl, as a woman, I identify as non-binary. Um, so there is also a lot of unlearning in that uh, sense. But yeah. when I grew up and, and learned about, you know, having sex in your, your first time and like penis and vagina and like it's it's all been about like you'd build up to the, the big, you know, fucking point. Yeah. And then yeah. to me, that was just painful and unpleasant. So um, it, it hasn't always been painful and unpleasant, but... Yeah, I realized at a certain stage, like, fucking is not really ple pleasurable for me so much. And uh, I, a few years ago, I started going to a sex therapist to talk about these issues. Like, yeah, mm. I just really want to be, be free in my sexual encounters and, like, enjoy sex. And I feel like I'm broken. Like, mm, my vagina uh... is failing me. And I want to, you know, I hear my friends talking about the amazing sex they had and how how great their fuck was and i always felt like no but that's painful why do you yeah. want to do that and then i thought but if so many people like it then there must be something wrong with me mm -hmm. so i started talking with uh this therapist and she said you know what you just quit having penetrative sex for a month and i started crying and i felt like oh my god such a weight lifted off my shoulders yes. i don't have oh. to have sex i don't i can choose not to <gasps> and yes. i've been with girls and guys and like i'm pansexual so i've been with uh, individuals from the whole gender spectrum and being with a girl or with someone with a vulva mm -hmm. never was uh, like sex never had to do like it, it never revolved around penetrative sex mm -hmm. but if someone had a penis suddenly like you know it was like yeah. you, go, you kiss, you like funnel around, you do like hand stuff, you <laughs> do all play, stuff, and then, and then you go mm -hmm. into the fucking stage. Yeah. And I realized, even though my partner never like he is the the one most wonderful, most understanding, uh, respectful, no pressure at all kind of person. If I would never want to have any like specific sex act, he would never pressure me to do it or expect mm -hmm. me to do it. Yeah. Um, but I was pressuring myself, like I put those expectations on my shoulders and her, like hearing from someone else um, that I just could choose not to was like mind blowing. Wow. Um, so I guess, yeah, all that together, you're asking me like your last fuck. Yeah. It was not, it was not like a fuck. It was like, it was a wonderful sexual like exchange between my partner and me and it was pleasurable and enjoyable mm -hmm. and uh, it like afterwards I thought like yeah I'm so happy with the new ways of sex we discovered together wow. that don't like follow the you know obligatory steps that I yeah. learned and unlearned um, yeah. so that's thank, really wonderful. Thank you for talking about this and actually challenging the word fuck because we haven't had that before and this mm. is like you know just because you might feel like this has been your journey there's going to be hundreds if not thousands of people out there that have experienced the same journey and you're right the word mm. fuck does mm. leave this idea in your mind that it is like rough penetration that is pretty much the yeah. word fuck rather than anything else and I love the fact that you've been so raw and honest with it and being like mm. no I haven't had a fuck and I'm not gonna fuck because that ain't <laughs> me that's perfect yeah 
I think um, it's really great to um, bring up as well that a lot of people out there do experience pain during penetration and it's not spoken about at all. Mm-hmm. And it is that sort of feeling of like, I've, we've heard it before, people feeling like they're broken just yes. because there's this one thing that everyone else does and it feels painful for them. And just the reason, like, why don't why don't we talk about this? Like, why isn't this in sex education that some mm. people might experience pain? That would Definitely. have been a game changer. It would have helped me so tremendously. But I think it already starts with um, sex education saying your first time you're going to bleed and it's going to be probably going to be painful. Yeah, to me, what the fuck? That was like, okay, so my first yeah. time <laughs> is going to be painful. I'm going to expect pain and I'm going to expect blood. That's insane <sighs> because the first time doesn't have to be painful. Yeah. And if it's painful, that means that your, your muscles are tense, you're just not relaxed enough and you need to you know, just let go. But yeah. of course, it's it's scary and exciting. And you, obviously, your pelvic floor is going to be a bit tense, but it doesn't have to be painful. And it, you don't yeah. have to bleed. It's just weird. So, you that's know, so if, if that's included in sexual health education, and the pain during sex is not like normal, because of mm. course, it's common, it happens a lot, but it shouldn't be n- the norm. It shouldn't be like your virginity will hurt. No, yeah. and it's I don't know why, why do they fucking that tell is, us that. It like yeah. it basically gives us pre fear for yeah. virginity yeah. And because like, it I, will make you tense up. If you think that yeah. it's gonna hurt, then your body yeah. is gonna physically tense up and be like, okay, it made me so okay, frightened. Breathe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and also, like, why is the first time? Why does it have to be penetration? Like, penetration sex is so glorified. It's everywhere. It's like you yeah. hardly ever see in films or media like anything that's other than penetrative sex and it's like we're so brought up with that culture mm. so it's there's so much pressure revolving around it you know virginity shouldn't be the first time you have penetrative sex because how does that work for same-sex couples or, or, le- exactly. or lesbian couples it just it's it's such like or a people bad with vaginismus to... or like yeah yeah, yeah. I, w- I wish that well I, i'm hoping you know i'd love to see what schools are teaching nowadays because it was still such a long time for when you know we were taught about sex ed and how they've changed now like I'd love to go back Mm. to my old school and see how they're teaching it because it is so different and we've got all this new amazing information and you know I bet you will go back there and they'll be still playing the same like old VHS tapes I hope (laughs) not I really hope not I was just Oh no! They I was just yesterday the talking gallery. to Sebastian, saying like I should donate my vulva uh, a book to my yeah. old school, like yeah. <laughs> making sure they will include like yeah. diversity. But I, in, in fact, um, uh, one of the Dutch uh, sexual health organizations uh, who are like creating these uh, sex ed courses, they uh, have uh, recently included the vulva and penis diversity illustrations I made in their <gasps> yes. sexual wow. health course. So. Right now, it's being taught to kids of uh, age 14 to 17, I think, uh, which is really, really, really great. That's um, amazing. I almost yeah. think that's even too old to be teaching that. Like, I feel oh, like definitely. we yeah. need to be teaching them younger, but people still definitely. get so funny about that. They're like, what? You want to teach sex ed to three or four-year-olds? It's like, yes, but age-appropriate sex ed. Age-appropriate, yeah. yeah. But people kick up such a storm about it. 
Um, and people actually lose their minds because they don't understand. They think that we're going to be teaching their fucking toddlers like how to have anal sex. It's like, no. Oh, no, that's not nope. what it's about. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, but- <laughs> Please don't do that. But if you're going to do it, do it this safe way. Because, mate, kids kids do weird stuff. Like, I, I was putting stuff in my holes way before I even know about sex. Of course and I should have been taught about that. Uh, you know, um, playing doctors on my on my own body. Why not? Yeah, and and kids shouldn't be shamed for that. They yeah. should learn like no. it's good to explore, but there are boundaries and there are ways to do that safely and like not like yeah. keep it out of sight of of your classmates, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah don't don't be doing it in the front of the school like I used to do. I used exactly. to show my vagina off to a group of boys because I liked attention. Oh, oh yeah, I like, yeah. I mean, what's changed? What's changed? Yeah, what's changed? <laughs> so true. Actually, I'm just still like that. Just um, instead of a group of young boys like in the it's playground, it's now it's like men online. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just an attention or I'm just like yeah, please look at my vagina and tell me how great it is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Fuck two. The first fuck. Yeah, I, I, I suppose I, I have several first times because I wouldn't consider like the first time penetrative sex, like penis and vagina sex, necessarily the first time. Like I yeah. reconsidered my first time on a later age. Like yeah. my first, first time. Oh, I can. I mean, I can tell you both stories, but my first time, like with my boyfriend, like penetration sex was when I was 15 and we were together for like three months which was already long and I was like exploring my just experimenting like yeah exploring and like I wanted to to go further with him and he was a bit older he was 21 so we were kind of oh wow yeah big age difference I always liked mm. older boys <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah it was really it was Easter. It was really romantic. We went to stay at his parents' place and um, we had like Easter dinner and then went up to his bedroom. And then we had our first time where I was so afraid of the pain that would come and mm. so excited because finally I would learn like what like this volcanic explosion of like mm-hmm. having sex, like penetration sex, like fireworks. I was expecting heaven. Yeah. Um it was a disappointment. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a disappointment because yeah. uncomfortable. Like he was really nervous. He mm-hmm. was like all the time losing his erection. Obviously, oh, understandable yeah. because it was scary for him to like. Yeah. But that's really uh, like on like at the time because we weren't told about that. It's just no. it's so confusing. Yeah, yeah, I thought that it, he would be hard and that all I had to worry about was myself. But mm-hmm. actually, it's like yeah, it's just you know two people that have to like get into it and like relax and and just communicate but Mm -hmm. that was definitely not up my alley (laughs) and uh, I was still a little bit on my period but I really wanted it and then there was a condom (laughs) and then it was just uncomfortable and then he just went in and it was painful and just I wanted to cry for my mom it was just it was not pleasurable oh and i was just so disappointed i was so disappointed in sex in penetration in humanity for like lying to me about how amazing it was (laughs) (laughs) so that was just like oh my god all the sex i had before was so much more fun why is penetration 
part of this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it really took me uh, an ex-boyfriend to really start liking it. Yeah. And then I realized after a while that just it went often together with pain and it was really not my kind of thing. So yeah. that was the first like losing my virginity kind of sex. Mm. But my first time that I was just exploring and uh, experiencing sexuality with someone else was when I was 13 with my boyfriend at that time. He was 16. So also a lot older. <laughs> Another older gentleman. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just so joyful. It was so amazing because I had always been a very sexual person, like mm. fantasizing and like exploring and, and just wanting to try it out, super curious, wanting to experiment. So then I met um, this boy and we just we just had a great chemistry and he was very free with his body. He had no shame and he just, we enjoyed kissing and like just touching each other like without clothes or with clothes and then step yeah. by step like maybe touching my my breast and then touching my like exploring each other and yeah. like doing hand stuff and doing like uh oral stuff and it was amazing and i i thought it was so much fun and, and to me that was like i think i would much rather consider that my first time because yeah. it was just innocent and consensual and like full of joy and in such a gentle and yeah. happy and and like free kind of way that sex should just be like that yeah yeah definitely so i always comfortable yeah i always look back at like teenage years of like romance and getting to like exploring your sexuality it's such a ma it's literally just so magical mm -hmm. because you like it's the first time you're probably exploring that sort of like crazy side of yourself that no one's really taught like told you that much about and it, all these like feelings and these sensations are going and it's like everything's heightened as well because you're a teenager and your hormones are like rocketing so <laughs> fucking horny oh my god like you know when you're so horny you're like i'm like i'm gonna cry because i'm so horny <laughs> fuck three the best fuck I don't know. It's hard because there there have been a lot of great times that have all like been high points over the years. I think definitely in my top three is uh, the first time with my with my partner. Mm. Uh, our first night together was just amazing. It was like the fireworks that I was dreaming about when I was yeah. a kid. Just you know. Curious, gentle, open, exploring, and just no shame, and just full of passion, diving into it, and, and just doing whatever feels right, and doing it all night, and then the next day, going to college, and then going back in the evening, and continuing, and yes! just, like the new relationship energy, and like the passion, and the, the just yearning for each other's bodies, it's mm. like, oh, it's the best, but I think... I mean, that's definitely a great experience, but my favorite experiences still have been like making out sessions with like new people, with friends at parties, just making out, like playing around. Uh, I don't know. I just love making out so much. And I think it's so underrated in terms of sexual interaction for me, yeah. making out with one of my best friends on the couch, just totally getting oh, into amazing. it like exploring each other's boundaries like dry humping and mm. really getting it on and knowing that you're safe and you're mm. safe in your own sexuality and your gender and like you can 
take on the role that feels comfortable and just that kind of freedom that to me is just pure ecstasy it's amazing that sounds so magical i want to be there right now (laughs) (laughs) i want to be there right now i mean maybe not during like ronaville but (laughs) yeah i don't know if this is a quarantine but i'm just longing for that kind of interaction right now yeah yeah Yeah. are you you, at the moment you're living with your partner yeah yeah we're living in the same house yeah perfect so I'm really lucky to have someone to be intimate with in these these odd times. But I'm I'm also really missing my friends to have these kind of interactions with. Yeah. Yeah, because we're um like we're struggling at the moment, like with living with a partner and being sort of like almost joined at the hip and trying to figure out when to have your own space and how sex has changed throughout quarantine and mm-hmm. how like. Like at the beginning it's like oh cool we're on holiday like let's let's you know have more sex and then it's turned into like like no fuck off i need my space like i want to go to bed early just so i can have some me time how, yeah. is there any any tips that you can give or any how are you guys dealing with it um we're doing really great i think um that's not really like answering your question <laughs> it's like yeah sorry yeah. We're, we're just fine you were great we're having the best time <laughs> no to answer your question how are we handling it um i think we're it's not really different from how we're often living together because we're both um having our own like he's an entrepreneur he has a design agency and a journalistic platform the correspondent and Amazing. um we're both uh, used to working from home as well or in the weekends we're often like yeah. working home and like used to being around each other and before the quarantine started uh, in January I had a surgery so I was already home for seven weeks before um, we had to go in so you're very well prepared but I, I realized after a while yeah it's nice to have some alone time and yeah um, right now, often he works uh, downstairs, and then I work. That's work really nice. To have I that go separation. for walks, mm. and uh, he sometimes goes to the studio where he can work alone. So today he's not there. So then we have a day apart, uh, and then at the end of the day, it's really great to see each other again. But that yeah, alone definitely. time is really—I um, don't know. It's not like it's not that we. It's important. It's not that we uh, get annoyed with each other so easily, but just. Missing each other is important in a relationship. Yeah. Just, yeah. For me, at least, just not being around each other and just feeling like, oh, I want to see them again. I want to tell them something and I want to show this or I made an illustration today. I want to share that or um, just having the space alone and then being able to do some grocery shopping and, and cooking something by yourself. I don't know. It's nice yeah. to do things apart to enjoy them together again. Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, we try to to create some alone time uh, during the week to be able to enjoy being together more fully. It sounds like you've got like a good unit and it works for you. And I think a lot of couples who are struggling during quarantine really do need to look at the relationship. Because I think if, if if it's a good, strong relationship and it works, it shouldn't be that hard. But yeah. there are so many couples that are struggling at the moment. Like, if it is really hard for you during isolation, like maybe look at the living situation. Should you be living together? 
There's um, been so many breakups during quarantine so far. Yeah. So many people messaging. Just and like we forget about like breakups. Like, Very understandable. It's, mm. it's really dark, but like we forget about the abusive situations and how people are trapped with in abusive in, in, abu- in abusive households. Mm-hmm. And I think the like social services are really strained at the moment with trying to protect people and help people. It's 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 soul destroying, man. It's yeah. so sad that it's like come to this. But I'm hoping that from learning all this knowledge we can you know better our services and better help protect people and learn yeah. more because this has never happened before in a time where we've got this access to the internet mm, crazy yeah. so you're are you in a non-monogamous relationship uh yes i am so how how is that during quarantine and how how are you coping with only having your primary partner around and not seeing other partners um... We're currently not dating other people, so mm-hmm. that's uh, that's going well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no like <laughs> swimming. We don't have to like figure out how to see our other uh, dates, but um, I mean, we miss flirting and going out and seeing mm-hmm. uh, seeing other people. Um, but it, we're not, definitely not bored together. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I'm really looking forward to being able to go out again and just you know look around and flirt and like dance and kiss um yeah and i mean we tried like going on dating apps but i'm i'm quite bored with it i don't i don't know mm. it's like yeah if you have nice chemistry you just want to meet up and that's not possible oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean it depends if you're like you know like depends on what non-monogamy you go to whether or not it's just sort of a physical relationships or whether or not you fall in love with other people or have actual relationships outside of but it's been the same with us like uh, thomas and i we're open and we're allowed to fuck other people but we haven't got to the point yet of going and moving any further so there's almost like no point being on a dating app even though i'm craving it so much because i don't want to invest my time and almost like upset somebody else and and giving all that time together if if i just if it's just about sex fuck number four the worst fuck it was just someone who is not respecting my uh, boundaries mm. and um, continuing something that I uh, more than once told him not to. Oh, uh, up it to the point happens, that it was so awful. painful that I had to slap him in his face, and I really, <gasps> oh it, it was God. really an unpleasant interaction. I should yeah. probably have given an. Uh, uh, content warning for this i don't know ah, no 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 it's good like we, like as much as the worst times we we talk about the silly times and and the stupid times like it is so important to talk about the serious worst times because mm. we've all been through them and we've all been through different levels of uncomfortability and non-consensual mm. and being able to talk about it allows other people to be able to talk about it because if you don't talk about it you can't process it and get through it and understand yeah. why that happened and and turn it turn it from a negative into a positive like mm. yes that was awful and that has happened but i have learned from that and now this will never happen again yeah, yeah. and then Very also cool. i guess by talking about these things as well if someone else finds themselves in a similar situation they could be like okay i'm going to like take charge of this situation situation and make sure it doesn't happen that way mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. No, definitely. Like yes. Slapping them. Like you said no. <laughs> it twice. was a reflex. It was a reflex. I I, yeah. I oh never slapped someone. I'm not an aggressive person. But the fact that you've said no twice and they're not listening, you have to go I think to it was an, more than twice step. and like no, I don't enjoy that kind of being touched and then he just did it again and like oh, no, I don't what an idiot. I don't know why, why I even stayed after the first time he was oh. trespassing my boundaries, but you know, you're into something and you're like, that's a good word for it. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you're, you're into like an interaction and you, you think like, okay, they, they're going to understand now. Right. And then yeah. they, they do it again and you're like, no, but now I'm really firmly saying, no, yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Let's do some other stuff that I do enjoy. This mm -hmm. is what I like. And then for the third time, it was like, no, just get off my body. Yeah. This is not how I want it. This is not what I enjoy. And this is not how, like, this is totally disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And like, why are you having sex with me if you're not, like, if you're not listening to what I like? Right. Or, so people, stupid. Are That's you doing it for you? education, right? Yeah. Like, mm. you, you and it's selfishness. Have no idea. It's selfishness. Definitely. Right? Like, ignorance. people literally just in the situation for their own pleasure and like what they want to get out of it mm, and yeah. they're not really there with you like as a as another person you, you just, I guess it's just like you're not thinking about if the situation was like reverse like how would you feel if someone was stepping over your boundaries thank you for sharing that that mm. with us because it's it is hard to talk about and it is um it's it's hard to know how to talk about it so we really really do appreciate your honesty and, and openness and hopefully other people can can hear and and hear that it's okay that if you've said no a couple of times you're allowed to make it more known you're allowed to get physical because mm. you've already given them that warning like, i'm push glad you away. fucking slapped them yeah, yeah. push them away yeah, it felt them in the good. eye i mean it felt good <laughs> um to feel that i i'm able to protect myself in a moment mm. like that and to really protect my own boundaries and say okay this is how far i want it to go like this is yeah. beyond how far I wanted to go but this is really my boundary and yeah. it's it just felt a shame empowering that it in a way it, it, mm. it is definitely but for me it was also a really um, clear lesson um, about my own sexuality and about my own uh, self uh, because I, I feel that even though this experience was bad and it worsened my fear for pain and mm. my actual pain uh, during sexual interactions. It also st strengthened my feeling of uh, owning my own body and mm. um, like reclaiming my own body in a way like, okay, so this is what I don't enjoy. So in future uh, interactions, I can say beforehand, so this is what feels pleasurable. I have mm. to be really gentle and this is what I like. And I'd rather not have you do this until mm -hmm. I really ask you to. Yeah. So for me, it, it definitely improved my sex life because it taught me uh, how my body works and how I want to interact. And it taught me a great deal about communication, with, which is, I think, the most important part yeah. of having sex. Fuck number five. The fuck that made me... Oh yeah, the fuck that changed my life was definitely mm. the mind fuck of my therapist, like yeah. telling me to like yes. you don't have to have sex. That was definitely like what? Oh, oh my god! Yeah, shout oh out my to my therapist. Oh, like yeah. therapy is 
it's one of those things that nobody t teaches you and tells you about but once you experience it and explore it you're like why doesn't everybody do this like how is this a secret and everyone's so ashamed to talk about it and this is like actually the best thing it was like the best thing that ever happened to me best thing that ever mm. happened to anyone really mm. oh it's so fucking good so shout out to your therapist thank you and you, and you said it was specifically a sex therapist you saw um yeah it's a just a psychologist specialized mm -hmm. in sexuality uh, how'd, that, so how'd she, that go what made you want to go and, and speak to her um my pain during sex actually mm -hmm. really challenged me to find someone to help me with it because i wanted to have pleasurable sex and i want to not be broken anymore yeah. so i thought i i was always really independent and really stubborn in wanting to do everything myself and i thought you know i don't need a therapist and my situation is not that bad and i can figure it all out and then after 10 years i thought you know no <laughs> probably can't um, yeah, it's shit, still not yeah. working and my body is still not listening to me and uh, i'm really disappointed and then i went to her and she gave me some exercises and then she said you know just quit having sex for a while yeah and then i thought what how i mean what <laughs> yeah. okay I'll just have a vacation from sex. That's amazing. And then... Yeah. Um, it's like she really... gave you permission. Like, she what's gave me permission. What's yeah. funny is the, the fuck that changed your life was not having sex. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it was just a mind fuck and just not having not having a fuck changed my life. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible it's, though because it opened, it sort of, I guess it opened like a, new doors in the way that you viewed sex. It totally challenged my way of, of like relating to sex. And um, I mean, it, it's funny because I, I knew all these things and I knew that sex, sexuality was fluid and that you can always choose whatever you want. But still, I had a lot of must do it this way related mm -hmm. to myself. And mm -hmm. I wanted to just, I think in my whole life, I just wanted to be this perfect person with a perfect relationship. And I wanted to be you know a good girl i wanted to be a girl girl like i i really did my best uh, in being a woman and mm. I, I failed because i i, I realized uh, after a while i'm not yeah um, but i tried my best in being a, a woman and like wearing those dresses and wearing high heels and like oh okay so i i i probably am not that and i i did my best in having sex the way you should um between you know quotation marks and I kind of failed in that sense and like uh, relationship wise I always fell in love with multiple people and I wanted to kiss multiple people um, not necessarily have sex but I wanted to kiss everyone yeah. and like I ended up cheating and then realizing that's not what I want and then I realized oh open relationships are also a thing like in mm. all parts of my life I, I had to kind of reinvent myself and that's mm. part of growing up I suppose but, you know, when you are a person that really fits into all these boxes that society yeah. has deemed, like, perfect, like, yeah. then it, it, it must be kind of easier because then you know which steps to go. Yeah, and to me, so every true. step felt wrong. And, uh, yeah. Because you have finally, to relearn it all. Yeah, mm. unlearn a lot of mm. constructs and then relearn or, like, just question yourself on everything. Like, yeah. What relationship do I want? What kind of sex do I want? What kind of, like, how how do I relate to my body? What body do I want? Um, how do I see myself in my work? Like work wise, I didn't follow the the regular path. Yeah. Um, so it's been like 
it's been a major road of explorations and definitely that therapist yeah. uh, opened up my eyes to like all ways of having sex and like you know kissing can be having sex giving each other a, a foot rub can be sexual or like cuddling yeah. um starting and then stopping or just only touching his body or her body and uh, just leave your own body alone that can yeah. also be pleasurable sex or like mm. you know fantasizing or whatever masturbation can be valid way of sex or mm. i mean it's it's amazing that there are so many ways uh of being sexual or not being sexual that are all valid and uh, i'm so happy to have learned that for fuck's sake this week's sex question is during sex, I always get into my head due to a multiple of reasons. Insecurities mainly, but the thoughts always have a large impact on intimacy. Just wondering if there's any tips on how to un- overcome or stop thoughts interrupting us. What if you fantasize while you're having sex or while you're, you know, what if the what if a lot mm. of the pleasure you you get is from what you're imagining going on inside your mind but then it's sexual thoughts then it's related to what you're doing it's not yeah. like so should i get the groceries yeah those kind of distractions i think are the most annoying during sex right yeah, yeah. or like the intrusive really intrusive evil ones like oh like you're not gonna come today oh you nearly came you nearly came wait no you can't come now what <laughs> if you never come, come again yeah fucking hate those thoughts yeah but i guess like my biggest tip would be um i think again like getting into breathing which really helps you focus on the sensations that you're feeling in your body rather than what you're feeling in your mind and maybe you could even like think about like the breath as well like think about the breath coming up through your body like as pleasure like rather than just trying to make your mind go blank and breathe like you Mm. actually visualize the breath and the pleasure going in and out of your body um which kind of like then puts your mind on a new train of thought but it's very much like within your body instead of out out and about doing the groceries Mm. (laughs) yeah for me it um... sometimes helps to take a break to Mm. just sometimes I'm, i'm very often in my mind and it's been super interfering with sex uh uh still sometimes is and then i just say oh i'm really sorry but i'm so distracted and sometimes it helps to talk about what i'm distracted about if it's like worries of work and sometimes it's just like okay i'll take a toilet break just you know think about what i want to think and then do i want to have sex still yes okay so let's you know do something active so instead of lying and receiving sometimes it helps to be um doing the giver and like enjoying and like seeing someone else's excitement grow and then really getting into it again yeah Yeah, that's that's such a great tip toilet break as well i never really thought of a toilet break as in i was thinking Mm. you know hey like let's sit on the edge of the bed separate and like not think about things or like let's have a moment out but even just going to the toilet and just yeah taking yourself like out of things and then back into it i do think talking about what's going on inside your mind is really important you know there's Mm -hmm. been times where I've been really horny and then we've started having sex and then I've started panicking and crying because I've convinced myself I've left a tampon up there and I like freaking out Mm -hmm. you know like uh, an obsessive compulsive intrusive thought like I always think I've got a tampon up there even though I know I haven't used a tampon in months you know I'm like how would there be a tampon up there 
um that can like fucking throw me off so much Mm. Um, but I, I like the toilet break idea because sometimes you just need to not let your brain and your mind snowball because once you think you have a little thought and then you overthink that thought and it just gets worse and worse and mm. you can't concentrate anymore I think taking yeah. a break's a really good idea and even mm. just chatting it out I really like just maybe if you've got something in your head talk about it like let's because if it's maybe something relevant to the sex as well that's kind of getting in the way say it was you feeling like oh I'm not gonna orgasm like it's good to it's good to like get that conversation out for yeah. sure yeah right yeah for me it just helps to put it into words I used to always yeah. think like oh no I'm thinking I shouldn't be thinking oh I'm so bad why <laughs> yeah. am I thinking like is there yeah. something wrong with me I should focus on the sex oh I'm totally missing oh, I, I'm not horny anymore should yeah. like totally getting into that cycle and and well also thanks to my therapist I learned to just express like oh, Sebastian, I'm so distracted. And then he's like, oh, really? Well, what's up? What's in your mind? And then it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's just work stuff or not yeah. even something relevant. Or sometimes mm. it is. And then we chat about it. Yeah. And then just putting it into words makes it less, like, bad. It just mm. lightens up the mood already. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Oh, so good that you've actually had that experience, basically, that the li- the listener has had. So it's like really, yeah. really direct, yeah. amazing it's a advice. Question. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally relate. Yeah. And it's so common to have that. So yeah. definitely, you're not alone in, in this kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. Fucking hell. This week's sex story is. I have been seeing this guy, both of us wanting nothing more than the physical. The sex has been fantastic. We were both switches, him learning, him leaning slightly more dom and me slightly more sub. He is a police officer and often works the night shift, which is rather unfortunate as this is the time of day when I am often most horny. (laughs) One night he was getting ready for work. I knew I wouldn't be seeing him, so I decided to pull out my favourite toy to take care of myself. Not even five minutes later, there is a knock on the door. What the fuck? So I get out of bed and it's him in uniform. Oh my God, stop. I let him into my apartment and he immediately picked picked me up and took me straight to the bedroom without a single yes. word, took my robe off, handcuffed me and ate me out. He had set a timer on his phone. We had 10 minutes before he had to be at work. When the timer went off, he got up, unhandcuffed me, tucked me back into bed and left. The only thing he said to me the entire time, right before he left, he said, I'm going to love tasting you on my lips all night. I think we need to have a round of applause for this man. Oh my God. Yes, Yes, I please. That is amazing. That's oh. what you want to hear. That's just what you want to hear. Oh my God, my Punani is screaming right now. Like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Police uniform as well. It's like, I know I shouldn't sexualize policemen or army men or anyone in a uniform, but why do you have to be so goddamn fucking sexy, man? Like, that power frightens my vagina into submission and I love it so much. <laughs> well actually there is another bit at the end she said fellas tell tell her you love how she tastes so hot and puts our minds at ease i was floored i still think about how quick unexpected odd and wonderful that 10 minute ordeal was still leaves me in shock and and the fact that he came Mm. over and he didn't fuck her he just ate her out and left like that is 
fucking hell. He needs like an award or something. It's like, it's like a it's like a hot <laughs> porn scene. Yeah, it literally like, is. But like, what's scene. amazing is that it was all about um her pleasure. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, mainly her pleasure, but also his, because he's going to be tasting her all night at work. Oh. <laughs> but it's great that his pleasure is found in her pleasure. That yes, it's not about yeah. satisfying his own needs, but just, yeah. you know, enjoying oh. her joy. Oh, yeah. I love it. I just think it's so cute that he, like, tucks her up into bed afterwards. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. okay. The aftercare yeah. as well. And, and <laughs> like, the detail of, like, actually putting a timer on because he knew he was going to get lost in it. <laughs> <laughs> so good such a good story thank you so much for writing that in if anyone else has a question (laughs) or a story please write into us at fksgivenpodcast at gmail.com yeah we love receiving your stories and talking about them if not like causing a suspicious wet patch wherever we sit Well, unfortunately, after that, we yeah. do have to fuck off now. Thank we you, Hilda, do. for coming on. It was such an amazing episode. Thank you. I really thank don't you so want to much. Fuck I off, loved it. Like, you were amazing to speak to, and thank you for being so open and honest with us. And of please course. tell where our curious fuckers can find you. Tell tell them mm. everything you're doing and, and every 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 possible thing that they can find you on. Yes, of course. So I'm on Instagram. Um, I have three accounts. So if you're interested in the vulvas, please go to the.vulva.gallery. And if you're interested in uh, seeing more diversity, go to uh, Your Welcome Club. And if you're um, curious about my portrait work and my more serious like uh, watercolor illustrations, go to uh, at Hilda Atalanta. Amazing. amazing thank you so much oh, thank you so much for being on here and yeah we um yeah we can't wait to speak to you again if we ever pop over to amsterdam we'll come say yes 100 percent. i've never yes, been please. so i definitely need to after yeah. this oh, is all yeah. over if you course. can travel please visit i yeah. would love to meet you <laughs> yeah i mean it might might not be until like five years down the line when all this shit's sorted but yeah Amsterdam will be here in five years (laughs) happy to receive you that's so true (laughs) so everyone please remember to give our podcast a rating a review and subscribe to us if you haven't already and follow us on Instagram oh yeah you're gonna do the Instagram round off I was gonna hand it over to you oh you're handing it over shit okay you can follow (laughs) us on Instagram at comecurious and also our personal Instagram account at readamberx and Florence oh my god I I said that wrong Florence Florence Bark (laughs) fucking hell Florence Bark Um, and yeah please send our love to oh Jesus Lord hold on wait give me a second coming out of my mouth properly Jesus please send Sebastian please send our love to Sebastian because he sounds amazing I will fucking hell Lord have mercy okay goodbye everyone goodbye bye bye bye